Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hey, uh, we I did not do I my I did not do my vocals that I usually do before the episode. Okay, we need to do our exercises. Yes, hang on. You ready? Me, 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 me. A box of mixed biscuits. Murder she Mur- wrote. <laughs> Murder she. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's the right pitch. That's the right pitch. People are gonna fucking section us, dude. <laughs> yeah, I do. Guys, well. <laughs> Project Sapient. Thank you for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. We got a bunch of news for you guys today. This is going to be, I think, episode 101 or 102, maybe. 101, but Pete did fuck up on the episode. So for those listening to our last episode on Apple, it shows up like episode 96. It should be 100. Just leave me Pete's alone. Fault. Leave me alone. I'll fix it, and you guys can fuck yourselves if you don't like it. <laughs> Check out our website, guys, projectsapient.org. Email us at projectsapient2020 at gmail.com. We want to thank our thousands of listeners worldwide, tens of thousands at this point. Uh, we have awesome new supporters we have an awesome coupon code for people we have triple a police supply go to triple a police supply.com that's aaa police supply.com and enter code project sapient to save 20 percent off your entire cart your entire cart that's triple a police supply.com and enter project sapient into the uh, coupon code we got dcd automotive which is the bach group vector shields gym junkies havoc journal second mission live boston wellness for warriors od kit eagle eye firearms gun track dot app who law fit cops 22 mohawk and joint operations we love you so yes buddy that was in one breath. I did all of that in one breath. Are oh, you see, proud that's of why me? we do the exercises. You know, the exercises. <laughs> it's like I'm going to fucking labor. <laughs> so, tell me what you got today, buddy. All right. So, today be another segment for our uh, calling out uh, asshole leaders in the police world and, you know, bad organizations and, you know, how they treat their shit, how shitty they treat their own, their own essentially. Um, and, uh, so, uh, KP actually got in touch, uh, got us in touch with, uh, Anthony and, uh, we'll bring Anthony on actually. And, yep. uh, we'll, uh, we'll have him say hi to everybody. Hello, Anthony. Anthony there. Hey, yeah, I'm here. What's up, buddy? I'm good, man. So we got you on the line. You want to tell us a little bit about, you know, a little bit of background, whatever you're comfortable giving, whatever you're not, um, don't, um, uh, and then let us know, you know, KP introduced us to you, so you have the floor, sir. I mean, this is the show's for you. Yeah. So before, just real quick, we'll do a quick uh, thing uh, bio. Kind of, you were nine and a half years uh, on uh, Eastchester PD. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So when uh, when did you go to the academy? Uh, I went to the academy in 2012 of July. Okay. What was the academy like? It was good, man. It was a great time. Yeah. What are you? Are you deposing the fucking kid? I, like- I am. Listen, Jesus Christ. We just spoke about my relationship with my wife and how I get cross-examined. <laughs> and she's going to hear this. You sound like she's you're deposing her. Right? Jesus. <laughs> Your wife's uh, going to be like, you weren't brutal enough. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, my, my son does say tell my wife that she likes to make people cry, which is hilarious to me. But anyways, back to Anthony. 
<laughs> Anthony, go for it, bro. Yep. So Academy was good for you. So uh, during your time as as a, a, a cop, police officer, uh, tell us how it started, how, how, you know, if you got into any specialty units, stuff like that, go right ahead. Floor is yours. Yeah. Um, well, just thanks for having me on. That's number one. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot to uh, finally be able to speak out on a bunch of things. Um, and, you know, I just want to make it loud and clear because I know, you know, in the cop world, it's like, oh, you know, people are telling on people. It's it's not like that. I'm not speaking for any other jurisdiction. But what I went through and what I experienced and what is continually going on. Um, so I just want to get that out there. And I just want to be able to help other officers who are going through similar issues and who don't know, especially in the Westchester County area, uh, because of one simple thing, which is the Westchester County Police Act of 1936, which applies to the um, towns and villages, especially. And it basically gives the right to the town to fire you for, that they can, for no reason. Yeah, they just they they basically give you a punishment uh, they through. They use the Garrity hearings as a way of getting you as a liar. And then uh, they use, well, you could take the punishment or you can go into this this hearing. We'll afford you a hearing. And when you go into it, it's, you know, everyone's in there, paid off witnesses, hearing officers paid by the town, lawyers are paid by the town. They won't allow you witnesses. They won't allow you anything. It's no, all it's all stru- it's all one sided structured, basically. A hundred percent. So much for due process. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's a hundred percent. And that and that's actually that was actually supposed to be, I believe, repealed and revised by the late governor, Andrew Cuomo. But obviously, we know. That that didn't happen. So yeah, he hasn't fucked anything up in a few, the last few yeah. years, right? So, right. So, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Anyways, so, so so yeah, so so yeah, there's well, clearly we don't know much about Westchester because uh, county because we didn't know about this this act that, that right. back in 1936 that they haven't even revised yet. And again, it goes into how some old antiquated laws, you know, need that revamping. Why life isn't the same from 1936 to 2021? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so you started off. Uh, I'm gonna assume patrol. Yeah, okay. um, you know, I was uh, I was a patrol officer um, when I first got out of the academy. Um, I was used, um, you know, for like uh, narcotics things like that. Nobody knew me in town. I wasn't from the town. I didn't grow up in the town and go to school in the town. I worked for the town and I knew people, but I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up there. So uh, they fit. They saw it was a good fit for it, and I had a I had a good time working with the people that I did, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, you know, you know, you go into this field and you think it's all, you know, action movies. You know, you, you're going to be running around, running and gunning, all this kind of crazy stuff, and uh, then you realize that there's more to it than just that. And, <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and that's fine. You know, you get used to that because you know you, you know you have to, so yeah. you get used to it. Yep. Um. But then, you know, you, you, it comes to a point where, like, especially for me, where, you know, I was just going in doing my job and this new lieutenant gets promoted to this patrol division spot. And all of a sudden it just becomes about numbers. You know, I, I mean, there's no complaints, no nothing coming in. All of a sudden he's bringing up complaints about people's numbers and about what they're doing and how they're doing it and, you know, things like that. And that's what started to really become an issue so, yeah so how many officers do you have at the at the police department i believe there's like 50 but i don't know what the capacity is now i don't know okay. if we're down to like what we what were 40s and something like that okay so 
smaller, medium-sized department, I'll say. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're there. So, so this lieutenant who newly got promoted, did you know him before he got promoted? No, I didn't. I didn't know him. Apparently, he's been a lieutenant for a, a while. He just got put into that. Oh, he just got put. Okay, so yeah, he's he not like a sergeant. And, patrol and, division, right? Okay, gotcha. Right. Uh, did you hear right. anything about him from the other divisions? No, I. You know, I. I didn't. I didn't know the guy. Okay. I interviewed with him. I didn't know anything about him. I thought everybody was a stand-up, you know, kind of person. And and again, I had no ill feelings towards him, even when this was going on, because I just figured, hey, he's administrator. This is what they have to do, and yeah. every boss has things that they have to do you know yeah, what I mean? right but when it became like a mission now specifically going on specific guys including myself and it started to become a repetition and a repetition and repetition it's like dude what's going on here now you felt you know you felt that it was because and tell me if i'm wrong you felt that it was becoming less of a, like an administrative thing and more of a targeting thing Right. That's exactly what it started to become. So, so give, give us just examples in terms of numbers. Like what, what was it, what was it he was going after? Like what, what was it he was looking for or, or whatever? Well, uh, number one, when I, when, like when I first got on in the field training, um, you know, the our field training officers, you know, were, were pretty good. Um, and you know, the thing was, you know, try to write one and one a day. That's what they would tell us, right? Run and one a day, but don't be a superstar you know, come in with like around 10 ish, you know, vehicle and traffic tickets, maybe, you know, a couple of parking tickets and you're good to go, man. Anything above that, you know, you're a superstar. So <laughs> it sounds right. Yeah. So it sounds like, all right, it's, that's doable. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it's not. Yeah. So, you know, it became, uh, you know, you were doing that, but then it became, well, you're a young guy and you should be coming in with more than that, double than that. Mm. You know, it's like, okay. You, you know, should you be coming in more with more than right. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So, you know, you, you try and go out and do what you can. You know, I mean, you can't make these things up. You can't make them appear to you. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and then uh, then when it, it started getting really bad, um, when they put out a color coded chart. Interesting. That was only specific to the um, that was specifically for patrol. And it was left at the uh, dispatch desk. Only a copy was there, so you could see where you were at. And I mean, it, it, you know, red, blue, green, orange, yellow, whatever colors they had, uh, they all meant something. And we didn't really know what they meant because we didn't have the, the code. Yeah. You know? mm. So it was like an internal so, thing amongst, amongst right. bosses. Right. So you know, we just you know, guys kept doing their thing. I kept doing my thing, and then um, you know, we, I started working um some midnights. And, you know, there's less traffic on the midnights, less things on the midnights, but you get your calls. So, you know, you kind of keep up the volume. And then, uh, you know, they would bring you in and, and kind of talk to you like, hey, how's everything going? Just want to touch base with you. You know, you've been working mids. You know, fine. It's all, it's all good. But then it started to become, well, hey, so uh, I noticed you were in red. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was in red the first week. We're, I'm in the third week of this month now. I'm not red anymore. Like, right. You know. I, I worked a couple of days. I had a couple of calls. I couldn't really write anything, you know, and then it was like they didn't care. Like he didn't care. It just became, well, you were in red. But right. But my book here, I see my numbers. is I'm not in that anymore. And that, and that started becoming the issue of everything until NYPD sued the city. Well, the, the officers from NYPD, I believe it was the 12 officers from the NYPD that sued the city for ticket quotas. And that was one of the biggest things in it was the color coded chart. 
once that started going ah, around, ah, okay. that went right away. They were using oh, the same gone. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So 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 with that so explain the color. So I, I take it then you, you got a little more information about the color code. So what did they exactly mean? So, you know, I, I was trying my hardest to get a copy of it because it had my name on it, and yeah. I wanted a copy of it. And I thought it would be in my file at one point. I thought it would be you know just something around, but nobody wanted to give it to me. And then, of course, oh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> of course, doesn't, I don't trust this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the thing about it is that, you know. You saw it. I got, well, I, not only did I see it, but there's emails that say it does exist. So let me let me ask you a question. How does it work with free, the Freedom of Information Act? Like, well, even that stuff is internal, but even if it's internal, the second that I it's going. you can still get it. Yeah, even though it's going through emails yeah. and all that stuff, you can yeah. still get it. It's freedom of information. Yeah. 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 So, so with like color red, what, what did that mean? Um, I, I don't know off the back of my hand, but I believe, I think red was like, you were very low and you had to see the administrating Lieutenant. Uh, and then like yellow was like, you're going into the office and like, it was all, it wasn't for us. It was for the sergeant. So you really, we really couldn't find out what it meant. Nobody really knew in a sense, you know, but they existed and you know, then they don't exist. How, how many sergeants in your PD, how, uh, do you, in the PD, do you remember? Oh man, I think there was like, it was eight. Okay, so and and with the eight or nine, did they all just kind of follow suit with whatever the lieutenant said in terms of, hey, you know, you need to talk to this guy, you need to talk to this guy, this guy's in red? I mean, they uh, they followed suit, but the thing about it was it was almost in a command. Okay. Because, you know, you're bringing me in the office as a lieutenant telling me I'm no good, I'm low in numbers, I'm not aggressive, I'm not this and that. But yet, as my sergeant spoken to me, as my sergeant told me anything about this or this is blindsided what's going on well well i didn't want your sergeant to talk to you i talked to you ah so so sergeant so you you were never that you you didn't get counseled by the road supervisor who in fact is in in your chain of command uh so the lieutenant took it upon himself to bring you in gotcha okay gotcha like a lot a lot of these things could have could be mitigated if like me for example if there's an issue like this and they talk to my direct supervisors, they're going to be like, yeah, well, Pete does X, Y, and Z every night. Yeah. He's, he can't go out and get yeah. all these, these movers or, or yeah, parkers yeah. or, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So right. there's a, there's a big compartmentalization in trying to, it, it, just from hearing this, cause I've never heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Just from hearing this, it looks like they're just using a certain tactic that they all agreed to backdoor to try and get rid of people. Oh, absolutely. This is, I mean, this is, you know, I'm the first officer that's been terminated mm-hmm. from this job, but I'm also the first officer that didn't take a deal to do what they wanted to do. Mm. You Wait, know, they gave me the option deals? of, I mean, they gave me the option of, we'll drop all the charges against you. The charges we have against you, we'll drop them all, but you got to drop your lawsuit and then you got to quit. So, <laughs> you could get a job somewhere else in the county. Well, no, I can't because your chief blacklisted me everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know? Wow. So, so you know, it, it, wow. You know, and like right. I said, this is this has happened before. This happened back in 2010 with another officer. I don't want to. I don't want to name his name because you know I don't really have his permission to. But he's yeah, a good yeah. friend of mine, and uh, you know. But um, it happened in 2010. The same people involved. The same everything, and. Uh, Anthony, when when did this start for you? This um this started um probably in like twenty 
2014, I want to say, around that time period. So is that when you first started getting counseled on this color code uh, chart? Um, yeah, that's when that's when everyone was kind of like getting it. And then I was, you know, uh, uh, pretty much it was coming down on me. Okay. Um, and then it just, I mean, it got worse from there. Okay. You so know, it just got worse from there. I mean, it was just, it's so, just crazy. So 2014. So with the dispatchers now, it's, it's funny that the dispatchers get this color code too. What did it mean for the dispatcher, uh, for the color code? Did you ever find that out? Well, we didn't have dispatchers. We just, the sergeants would stay inside. Oh, so that okay, was another okay, thing okay. too. Okay. You know, we, we wouldn't have a road boss. So okay. the sergeant would be inside and then you, you know, you're on the road, you got to make a decision. And then if they didn't like you, well, you you're know, screwed. <laughs> you got Monday morning quarterback for the decision you made. Yeah. Wow. That's a quite you know? like hostile work environment, I would call it, right? Let me ask you a question. Do you guys have a union? <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? Do we have one or do they do something? Is that what you mean? <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? Different things. Yeah, good point. Well, I mean, the thing about that is so, I mean, the union that was there, um, or, or the, rather the people that were in charge at the time, um, I went to them, you know, and, you know, who was buddy buddies with the chief, who was the, I mean, um, literally okay. I would tell something in a union meeting or to them, go and right the back. chief would know yeah. in a second. I've been and, in those meetings before, those type, you it, know. It's yeah. funny how the intent, it, like our, my union used to be really strong. Yeah. And then within my 18 plus years, I've saw it complete 180. And it's now serving the administration that it is yeah. its members. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they try. They try with a lot of things. And I, and I know there's a lot of politics involved with, with certain things. There's a lot of give and take. Oh, yeah. There's no, a lot just of happens. psychology bar- happens. Bargaining, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you're paying your union dues. Your union member should be your number one priority. Yeah. Right. I agree. You know, yeah. because. That, you know what, though? That's the issue there, too, because. You know, I had to go seek outside counsel myself, mm. and you know, that, I'm that's like, why I'm, I'm asking union dues, right? I'm paying union dues, and you're not, you're not even helping me pay for an outside counsel. Yet, it happened once before, and you paid for a, a sergeant's outside counsel, but you won't pay for mine. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what's going on here? This don't make no sense. Mm. But the the lawyer that we had at the time, I actually put a complaint against him to the to the uh, lawyers, I guess uh, the bar association or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they the town actually brought that up and used it against me in the hearing. They no shit. To make a complaint against him, yeah. Which I didn't even know they knew, but I guess you know, he must have complained because he was, you know, he was a piece of shit himself. <laughs> um, they would he would literally grab me in meetings, outside meetings, whatever it may be, and he would say, "Oh, you know, they don't like you here." They don't like you at all. They don't like you. But <laughs> if you write more tickets, they might leave you alone. Stay in their good graces. This is what this guy would say to me. Oh my God. And I'm like, that is awesome. I'm like, I'm paying you, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell's going on here? Holy shit. And, and all this is because you're just not, you know, quote unquote, not writing enough tickets. I'm quote unquote, not writing enough tickets. And then, you know, you know, you get the whole, well, you got an attitude. Oh my god! Asking questions, but my thing was, oh, I got a Yonkers out. attitude. You know? Well, you well, know? here's the thing, though. Like it, 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 the nature of our work, right? We're, we're all alphas. We're cops. We're out, we're aggressive. We're out there. We're working. Whatever. I mean, there are days. Do I want to write a couple tickets? Yeah, whatever. I'll fucking go out there, do a couple traffic infractions. But you know what? I'm the type of cop that actually likes to do genuine police work, mm-hmm. not not just be a, a fucking ticket thumper because that's not. 
that's not what I do. <laughs> Except no, for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, it's a part of our job. It's, it's, you know, it, sometimes you, you need to write that summons yeah. to get the point across. And yeah. sometimes you don't. No. Yeah, and exactly. you know, the fact that, you know, guys are, you know, where we, where we, uh, work, there's a, there's a, a main roadway called 22. Okay. And I mean, for any given time, you'll see cops going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on these roads. Why? Because they're looking for that brake light, right. that parking, right, there, right. you know what I'm saying? That, 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 uh, headlight, that the tints on a car, something, because they already pulled over three cars and they couldn't get one. So now they got to go around what, and go was and get that one. New right. York state, uh, uh, during our episode with uh, fit cops, was that New York state that had the speed week? Yes. Where yeah. they have to do like a blitz yeah. up on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's a ama- Like, but again, though, like the, the drive behind writing tickets is, is taking away the whole idea behind the police. Right. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like you said, I agree with you. Sometimes you, you got to write a ticket yeah. because you know what, whatever it is, what it is you have to, but nine times out of 10, like I don't, you know, and, and, Trust me, out of every five, if I was to pull five cars over, one of them is going to, you know, write themselves a fucking sum. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, right. I don't have to try, you know, but, but here's the thing, right. you know, but, you know, you're ignoring everything else though, because now you have, you'll have junior cops, right? Younger cops who only worry about, oh, I'm not getting enough tickets yet. You know, they'll pull a guy over, except he's got 50 kilos of Coke in the trunk and completely ignore all the other signs of criminal activity that's going on in the car yeah. because they need that ticket. I gave my brake light right. ticket. I, yeah. I did good. I did yeah. good, right? Right. You know that. That's right. what. It, so so unbelievable. My my thing. I, I always talk to people. For I try and be as reasonable as possible, right? And I tend to think that uh, my class, my academy class, and the people that I had were kind of a different breed than what we're seeing now. Yeah. yeah. When I've ever done anything in policing, whether it's investigatory, whether it's tactical, whether it's patrol or anything like that, we always base our job and our function on the reasonability. Yeah. On a reasonableness aspect. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. anything I've ever done in any kind of criminal investigation, was it reasonable? Any traffic stop, was it reasonable? Yeah. You know, when I would look at going back to patrol was a little bit of an eye opener for me. Cause I thought guys were out there and fucking, you know, going up and down the street, writing tickets, writing tickets, writing tickets. And then I said to myself, wow, these guys are being reasonable. Like if there's nobody out, you're not going to make the shit up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we've deviated from it. My, and why I'm saying this is because we already have enough problems in fucking law enforcement. I know we have enough problems with the media. We have enough problems with, with politicians. Yeah. Why is stuff like this an issue? Why is people people like Anthony being put in through the fucking ringer for no other reason? I can understand that if he was going to work every night and being a shithead yeah. and telling fucking people off. to fuck off <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's just complete fucking off. Yeah. Not going to calls, this and that. A reasonable boss would be like, we got to talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know what I mean? I, or if he's getting I, I agree on that. civilian complaints or something. Yeah. I like, mean, I mean, so what shift did you primarily work when you were at patrol? Um, I, I like that, you know, the night shift from yeah, like, like four to 12 oh, or yeah, three those, to 11. That's the action. That's the action yeah, shift. Yeah. So, but so we, the, the well, problem was that we rotated oh, through, through them. So, we, okay. like, you know, and that's another thing too, like, you know, the, the town supervisor uh, being the, you know, back the blue guy that he out in public. Yeah. Um, you know, on Christmas, 
he took our schedule away from us. We had a steady schedule that we were trying to work out and he took it away from us and made us start rotating the clock and then complained when guys were calling out sick and, and uh, uh. complained when tickets weren't up. I mean, I mean, I mean, this, there's really so much, I mean, the whole thing, like I said, from where I was with the color coding, it got worse. And what I mean by got worse is we had a guy who was literally a Monday through Friday guy. He would start at the south side of town, work his way up to the north side, and have nine to ten tickets a day. Never any arrests, but nine to ten tickets a day. And when he retired, I mean, those numbers are going to drop down drastically. Right. You know? So what they do? They put it onto patrol to bring those numbers up. And like you said, the junior guys going out there and not learning their job. They're learning how to write tickets and do everything like that, you know? And that's, that's harmful in a sense. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I've... You know, from talking to other people and, and just going through the motions with everything. I mean, I, you know, I was brought in for, again, you know, uh, they didn't like a traffic stop that I did. That There was no complaint to it or nothing. It was like three months prior. But he, you know, he didn't have any videos for this one guy on the car video. So he looked at mine, deemed he didn't like it and talked to me about it, which I thought was an OK meeting at first. Then turns around and tells me that, I'm, you know, I'm too Yonkers ghetto. That I'm that I'm not each other professional. That he wants me better, and that the way I perceive myself in uniform, he turns the computer around and pulls up a rap video and says, "This is what you look like on patrol." What? Oh, so I got gold chains and no shirt on and baggy pants. That's how I look in patrol. So, so, oh so, my god! So it sounds like it sounds like you are talking like a, a normal everyday citizen to the to whoever you're dealing with, right? You're just shooting the shit with them, right? Nothing really. That's. And to and to this supervisor who watches the body cam Monday morning quarterbacking you, says, "Oh, that's fucking Yon- Yonkers ghetto." Actually, hey, I'm yeah. gonna start calling you that since you lived Yonkers ghetto. Hey, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> so, so to him though, that's Yonkers ghetto. If you're if you're leveling with it, like here's the thing: we we wear many hats. Depending on who I'm talking to, where I am. I'll change my demeanor. You're I'll like change. a chameleon. Exactly. Yeah. I, you adapt to whatever situation, whatever group, whatever right. culture you're talking to, you right. sort of adapt to their mannerisms. But that's right. that's but that's human. And and the thing about it is too is that they didn't take the positive that came out of that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I wrote the kid a break light ticket because hey, listen, we were told to watch the school for drug activity and things like that, and there yeah. was kids there, and that's what it turned out to be. What came positive about him, what he didn't like was that I took, you know, I asked one of the guys to get out of the car, one of the kids to get out of the car, and I was talking to him. But when I spoke to him, I got him so comfortable because he kept saying, all we do in town is get pulled over by you guys left and right, and we're harassed constantly. And I said, have you ever seen me? No. Have I ever stopped you? No. Have you ever talked to me? No. I said, well, hi, it's, it's me now. You're talking to me. What's going on? You know, it's funny. And he got yeah. so, so yeah. comfortable. The guy went back in the car. There was no issues. There was nothing. I've had same interactions. Yeah. I'm sure you have yeah. too. And yeah. I, I tell, I, and it's the same exact thing I say. I say, well, have you dealt with me yet? No. All right. Well, nice right. to meet you. Right. you know? And then, you know, that, break them down, you know? Yeah. Nine out of 10 times I give somebody a ticket. They say, thank you to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nine out of 10 times. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I've had, I've had guys that get yelled at, screamed at, cursed at, fingers blown at them, everything like that. Nine out of 10, I'm getting a thank you. Yeah. And they're going off. You're doing a lot more for the community than you are for just the department. And that's your right. function as a police officer. That's the right. thing. You, we work for the people that right. we protect, not the administration of the department. Now, I'm, 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 here's the thing. If the, if the town supervisor is coming down saying you're not writing enough tickets, something tells me it's, it's a revenue thing. Exactly. Like, like a business thing. This guy wants, because they get a cut of the tickets that goes to wherever, 
goes to uh, the state or whatever, and then they get their portion, that's what they want. Yeah, 100%. So it goes back to us talking about how policing used as a fucking business for revenue mm-hmm. is never good. You gotta, it's horrible. You got to understand, and, and people and listeners to our show need to understand that the revenue aspect of this, right, is yeah. like a business. And people yeah. don't understand the backside of that stuff. Yeah. Like when you know that you have X amount of gross funds coming in every year from citations, you can turn around and not only are you getting that money, but you can turn around and monetize that. You can sell municipal bonds, mm. which is another profit-making mm-hmm. tool, right? Mm-hmm. So if I know That's I'm fair. getting $10 million a year from citations on average and it's steady, yeah, I can sell $10 million worth of bonds after that because it's technically a revenue stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's compounding. People don't wow. get this stuff. Wow. Yeah. So, so Anthony, so, so you said things started getting even worse and worse and worse. So can you provide examples of like how things started to spiral and get worse? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, we, we started, so, uh, they have what's called like the traffic division. I call it a spare car. (laughs) They're blacked out cars and they're, you know, the elite guys or whatever. But, you know, the thing about that is, you know, you're going from the productivity standard and patrol, you know, standard average that they yeah. calculate and the change every month, whatever it may be. Yeah. Now these guys are going out and they were writing roughly, probably 30 tickets a month. Then it became 40, 50, 60. Wow. Now, you know, they weren't really expected to write parking tickets. Some guys wrote a little bit, you know, just to have a couple, whatever, but now they're being told to write more. So now these guys are writing more. But now the patrolmen aren't, and what's happening? Guys that are writing more are getting put in units. They're getting mm. sent to schools. They're getting promoted, 100% promoted out of that car. And then all of a sudden you see a mass exodus from our department. We had probably, with without retirees, I want to say we had about 10 to 12 people leave in the matter of five to six years. Out of a wow. department of 50? Out of a department of 50. Wow. Staggering, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so not retirements, just leave the department. Just, just leave the department. Now, wow. if you add the retirements on that, it's as soon as they hit their twenty. Yeah, the chief tries to bring, or the lieutenant try to bring charges against them, and then they just leave. They they scatter out and they leave. What, what do you mean, bring charges? Uh, like, so if you hit your twenty, yeah, and he didn't like you. It was, oh, you know, you were in this unit, but I, I think that you were embezzling money. So, you know, I'm going to investigate <laughs> what? this now. It's like, what? what? What's going on? No shit. You know? Yeah, man. I, I wow. literally had a sergeant who was I, – I, I, I like this guy. I won't, I won't bash him or anything because yeah, I yeah. do like him. He was a funny dude. Yeah. But, you know, he was leaving to go to another department upon his retirement, and he was a supervisor for me for probably maybe two months out of the, the year that yeah. I was with him because I think he was on vacation or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they made him write an evaluation on me, and the evaluation on me was negative – in a sense, like nothing crazy, but it was negative in a sense that he, they actually told him to rewrite it again and put that I was a cynical officer that, you know, I didn't work well and, you know, this, that, and the third, but mind you in our manual, I have to be evaluated by somebody who I at least worked with for six months to a year. Which makes sense. That makes sense. Right. Right. And then he actually, you know, retired, went on and, you know, I don't stay in touch with him, but he comes around for functions and things like that. And he actually told me, he's like, I'm sorry for what happened. I'm sorry for what they did. And I, you know, I'm sorry for the way I had to do what I had to do, you know, and they put him in a corner. Yeah. 
you know, and that, and that's what they do there. Everything is written down. Everything is, is put down and everything like that, which is, is crazy. Cause like, you know, you, you don't think it's like that, but then you go and see your jacket, which mind you, I, I saw my jacket after two and a half months. I put a request in to see it. It took two and a half months and a lawyer for me to see my own file. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay. And when I saw my file, this, I mean, this is going to blow your mind, but when I saw my file, right. I was looking for specific things in it because it took you two and a half months. Well, what the hell's in here now? Yeah. So, you know, are there complaints in there? No. Are there like anything bad about me from Sarge's? No. You know, productivity issues. He doesn't write this, that, and the third, right? But then I filed my EEOC charge back in 2019. And when the town came back with examples to use against me, there was an evaluation there from a sergeant that I'd never seen that I asked for that I didn't even know existed. Magic. Yeah. There was a, uh, there was a, um, a remedial training plan from the Lieutenant that I was telling you about. And the training plan was, I had to go out, I had to make 10 car stops. I, you know, I, I, I had to speak to the people and, you know, this whole thing that he wrote and everything like that. But at the end of that, it's a three page document. At the end of that was, signature from me from a sergeant and from him and then it would be signed off by the chief of police and then you get the other one on the bottom to sign off that everything's done and completed well it stood out to me because i said i never signed this document hmm. so whose signature is that wow. and then i started to really like you know I, I said you know maybe i'm going crazy maybe i'm really going nuts now you know yeah then i got my jacket and i pulled that file and it was blank oh shit and then I started really digging because I, I kept a journal and everything like that. And I started digging and I know the dates that he put down is the date that I was with him and the sergeant that signed that. And he actually wrote a memo himself dating everything that took place in the meeting, but nothing about us signing, hmm. nothing about me signing, nothing about him signing. I have it in that date that I didn't sign anything in there. So where did this signature come from? No shit. And then you know, us being cops, we got to keep investigating, going down the rabbit hole. Well, I'm right-handed. He's left-handed. My sister's left-handed. So when I started to compare the P's for PO for patrol, it started matching a left-handed person. (laughs) No shit. And I started picking things out. Then I started looking even more. And there was three other documents that were like that with different signatures. Each one had a different signature. Not, not yours, your name, but not your specific signature. Not, not mine. One was PO and then my last name and the, 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 the shield number and date was all, I don't write my numbers like that. Cause I have a, I have bad handwriting. <laughs> and then, you know, then there was another one, with my full name yeah. and I write my name a certain way. I write it like a star for yeah. the A. Yeah. This was, was up cross down and then come across. I don't write my name like that. Yeah. Another one had like a P going across, but then it was slanted and it was crossed like someone screwed up and they had to do it again. (laughs) Wow. All I'm all I'm just listening to you talk. All I keep the word that keeps coming to mind is corruption. Uh, Absolutely. And, you know, it's it, it gets it gets crazy when you're really like almost like you're feeling like you're alone because you can't you're trying to speak to people about it. But at the same time that you're trying to speak to people, you know, it's it's like they don't want to believe it, but they do want to believe it. Or, right. you know, like I said, are you going nuts? Are you not going nuts? And, you know, it's just, it's a scary, it's a scary, scary thing. And so let me ask that's you, that's not even, have you gone to the ACLU? Have you gone to the feds? Have you gone to 
because uh, this is everything keeps saying corruption to me, and it's like the kid can't go to anybody in the city because everybody's on the fucking take. He can't go to anybody in the state because nobody in the state's gonna do anything about it. Dude, I've gone to you know they give you training, they give us a police one training, they give us all this <laughs> stuff on what we can do. I followed everything. I've told the union. I've told the lawyer. I've told the sergeants. I've told the superior officers. I've told the chief of police who was in on it. And the last thing to do is to tell the supervisor, the town supervisor, who was our mayor. And guess what? My stepfather reached out and spoke to him and the town attorney and told them what was going on before I even filed the charge. And they told me we know about his aggressive behavior. We know what he's like. We, we've, we've dealt with this before. We'll take care of it. Just vote for me. We'll take care of it. Make Just sure I get in. We'll take yeah. care of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. My hate. So that's what happened. And then guess what happened? They started investigating my family. They started going after my family because somebody made a complaint that wasn't legitimate. And instead of listening to me, they started to investigate and then tried to get me in and interrogate me and get me to call on something that I didn't do. No. So I was like, this is the last straw, man. I said, I need an outside lawyer because I said, this is getting crazy now. Things certainly got worse, man, as as time went on. And it sounded like they just didn't like that you were putting up that fight. They yeah. thought they thought you were going to roll over and whatever, you know, go back yeah. to just writing the tickets and business as usual. Because yeah, right. business as usual type shit. Right. Wow. And I mean, we went to you know we had union meetings and I went to every union meeting. I was trying to get involved with everything. I really was. And you know there was one union meeting that was like something stupid. It was about like our scheduling or something like that. It wasn't supposed to take a long time, but guys actually started standing up for me. They were saying, you know, what the hell's going on? This guy's getting fucked with and you're not doing anything about it. And then all oh, the lawyer, I don't know what's going on. The union, oh, I don't know what's going on. What do you mean you don't know what the fuck's going on? You no, know? they know. That's the right. thing. And they then, know. Right. And then all of a sudden it gets back to the chief and the chief writes this email to the union. Oh, this is the reasons why we did this and this and this and that and this and that. Well, wait a minute. You lied to me because you told me something different when we were in the meeting. Yeah. You know what, you know what I mean? And wow. it's just. It just, it, dude, it was getting so worse and so worse but and so worse. Imagine that, though. You're you're dealing with the streets, right? Calls, fucking yeah. whatever, shootings, stabbings, crime, whatever. Traumatic shit. Traumatic shit. You come back to your PD where you, you, you'd like to think it's a secure location where you can kind of tell you, do a, a sigh of relief. This is my home base. Yeah. Exactly. But nine times out of ten, though, how many cops do you know that say they feel better when they're outside working? rather than going back into the building. Yeah. You know, yep. I mean, I mean, we, we hear it all the time yep. uh, across the country, you know, where, where cops say that they'd rather deal with the most homicidal fucking maniac out on the road than deal with their own fucking guys because the guys in the, on their job are willing to stab each other in the back, which is the worst. Like, talk about 100% Blue Falcons, especially like at, at your, you know, at this police department you worked at they were out for this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that's all they were. So, so tra- to me, like, it sounds like, so traffic division, you get into that traffic division. It means you're like the elite of the elite. You get exactly. all this, you know, you get all the specialty where, where in reality, like, like at my job, you know, you, you work patrol, you show you're productive, you show you're doing shit out, outside the box thinking. That's what our chief loves. Like outside the box, you solve this problem by not doing something traditionally. You did something, something different. And I liked it. Right. And he sees that he'll pluck you put you detectives, put you task force, put you wherever, because he knows that he can trust you because you have that common sense and, and, and intellect to and do the job. that's how it should be. And exa- that's how it should be. But, but, it, should be. but at your place, you go into traffic, you know, right? Fucking a hundred tickets a month. Oh yeah. No, that, we're going to put you in a homicide unit. <laughs> you know, like good job. It's all yeah, about it, numbers. It, yeah. 
it's, yeah, it's annoying. It, it, that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, we had we had to get sheets after the the um, the color coded ones. We got sheets that would you know you know MVA domestic, and you would write down you know how many calls you got that day, this and that, to justify the fact that you weren't writing enough tickets or what? whatever it may be. Yeah, man. And then you would get deficiency notices. And the deficiency notices would be, you know, you'd have to be put on a detail to go and write more tickets. What? Guys would, guys would, um, if they didn't have enough tickets, they couldn't switch mutually. They couldn't have people switch with them mutually. Their personal days were getting denied. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it's just, it's horrible. And you know, and they they'll say, "Oh, I'm I'm a disgruntled employee. I'm telling you nothing. This is the true stuff." And you know, emails don't lie. No. Okay. Right. And emails from the chief that you don't think exist that says we won't promote you if you have deficiencies on your file. That's from the chief. You know what I mean? You know what? It boggles my mind. Don't these people realize that we live in fucking 2021? Yeah. And nine out of ten of these things, like the quotas, they're illegal. Yeah. You can't be asking people to fucking Dude. do this shit. Yeah. Dude, 215A, I believe it's Article 215A of the labor law states that you cannot have a quota system in New York State. And it is, you can't relocate somebody for their position. You can't reassign them somewhere. You can't do anything like that. And yet I'm getting emails. My Well, rather, my boss is getting emails. And um, just give me one second here. To get it, um, so just like it, it's unreal. What, it, while you're trying to find it, yeah. so so it's just. Uh, did you find it? Yeah. I found oh, okay. It. Yeah. Go ahead then. So yeah. So like my boss gets an email. So I received your monthly evaluations of activity forms from you know from me. I had an inc he had an increase from his productivity in July and August. However, he is still below that monthly average for the third month in a row, even after being given daily assignments. Although he is below, he has shown improvement. Continue to monitor him on your own and and ensure that he continues his improvement going forward. If he continues to be below average, monitoring forms will be issued along with supervisor ride-alongs and sector reassignments. His productivity will be reviewed mid-month, so please make sure he knows this before he goes on vacation. Know what's expected of him. So it, it's funny how how they're wording it, right? Productivity that not they're not mentioning tickets, right? It's not about mm -hmm. tickets. It's about Never. quote unquote. They're being cute. They're being cute. Yeah, they're being right. cute. So right. so like to me, like outside looking in, oh, they're they're, they're saying that you're being a shit back off. You're not doing anything. You're not doing your job. So yeah, they're gonna write you up. They're gonna do this. They're gonna do that. Yeah, you know, you pit all, everywhere. You don't do you know. You don't go your calls or you go late to your calls. You know stuff like that. But right. in reality, what that letter is actually saying. So if you you take productivity out and you put tickets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, in every every one of those sentences, that's what they're actually talking about. My, they're talking about my, tickets. Oh, yeah. My yeah. question, what stood out to me, obviously there's a lot of good info there, right? But what stood out to me was the line of what's expected of him. Hold on. What's expected of me? Who's giving right. you this outline of what's expected of me? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Where, do, where does this info and these expectations come from? Yeah. Right. That, that, that would be like a little bit of a point of contention for me. Yeah. Like- Who's who's dictating what's expected? Please let me let me get this reasoning. Yeah, what's expected of me? Go ahead. Well, you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I, yeah, exactly. And and it's like it's 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 unreal that it, it's funny again. Like with with all the emails and letters that KP wrote, I mean, read, they never once say, 
or no, or they do a disclaimer at the end of the email. This isn't about quotas. Quotas are illegal. Yeah, quotas are legal. Right. You know, it's like the disclaimer. Now, you know, again, uh, the average, the uh, productivity, those are all business management terms. Right. Not right. policing terms. It right. shouldn't be in policing. I see a slippery slope of, and again, it comes back to how much shit we're getting from the media how much negativity we're getting from the media and from politicians and all that. And we're running into all these things add up to public integrity violations. Big time. Our mm-hmm. main function is to hold the line between order and chaos, right? Yeah. To serve and protect our people. Yeah. What does fucking Anthony's goddamn parking numbers have anything to do with it? Well, I told you my story about the smoking sites. Right. <laughs> I just arrested a fucking cartel. Yeah. But your, your, your smoking citations are down. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, and, and the crazy thing about that email, you know, to go back to that too is, dude, this was coming out of COVID. Like this was like the summer oh, of coming oh, out shit. of COVID. Okay, bro. Yeah. So, so like we're, I'm, I'm at work and the guys are like, Dude, we're not writing anything. We're waving at people. We're taking everything at one at a time. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was go to write tickets. So, I, all right. So I wrote one ticket. You know, I just, I went on average with everyone else. People were writing zeros. I wrote one just to, just to have one. And I get brought in and it's like, well, I don't want you writing one, but I don't write you wanting 20. So you have to write somewhere in between. So I say to myself, okay, uh, I'll do better. So I go out there and I write the average of what everyone else was, maybe five, seven, whatever it was. And then. Oh, he improved, but he's not where he should be. You know, like you said, like he's not where he should be. But according wait to a minute, who? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, no, according to who? According to the, the higher ups, the command right. staff. That's according to them because to them, they're working with averages and productivity and management shit. Oh, so not reality. Not reality. <laughs> okay. That's what I mean. Right. I just wanted to clear that up. The, that's okay. the expectation right. is, is not reality. That, that's right. All, that's all it is. Oh my God. And that's dude. Yeah, man. That's, you know, and that's how, and the crazy part about it is too, is like, I, you know, I would like to say it was everybody that was getting this, but it wasn't. My boss was getting harassed constantly, right? constantly with anything that had to do with me. And then when I started questioning it more um, and I had my lawyer reach out, he even said to the town, Hey, you're on a ticket quota now. This is a ticket quota. Right. You're enforcing a ticket quota. And then he got pissed off and told my boss to tell me, oh, the town said that, you know, we're not enforcing ticket quotas, that this is totally legal. And that, you know, if you want to fight them on it, you can. But I, I you know, I never wrote that email. I never <laughs> wrote the email. Yeah, but you you have the email in front of you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the best part about it is, is my stepfather went to a board meeting and read this out loud. And that lieutenant got so nervous from it. He brought the sergeant in. Where did he get this email from? Why did you give it to him? You know who gave it to me? The chief of police. <laughs> Yeah. He gave it to me in my folder. Wow. Your boss. Your boss gave it to me. Wow. Oh, my God. It's amazing what happens when some of these people so, are put into corners. Wow. Man. So so we're getting uh, close to time. So let's go over kind of like the, uh, the the your termination. Like, you know, all mm-hmm. this is yeah, snowballing yeah, yeah. and everything. And how did how did that come about? You know, the termination aspect. So, I mean, listen, long story short with everything, it was a, there was a call that happened for service. I was a backup officer for it. I was with a rookie officer, you know, uh, things got a little crazy on the scene and, you know, detaining a guy turned into, you know, finding drugs on him and and then they deemed it an unlawful arrest. And just to get, you know, just to get into that very quickly, it was a one car MVA at two o'clock in the morning. There was alcohol involved. There was, you know, marijuana at the time was not legal yet. So that was involved. The guy was suspended. You know, his his girlfriend or whatever she is was, you know, uh, 
you know, nervous because she was like, you know, you're going to ruin my license. You're going to ruin me, you know, and then found out he was driving, got nervous. So as the rookie officer's talking to him, you know, he leaps into the vehicle. So I brandish my taser on him to get compliance. I put him up against the storefront window. I'm talking to him like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, you're not listening to anything. You could be arrested for OGA, but I don't want to do that to you. You know, so I tell the rookie, I said, listen, he's not listening. He's, you know, he's digging his hands into his pocket. Something's going on here. He's nervous about. Let's just detain him for the time being and get him off the, the scene. That sounds like a normal. All reasonable. All reasonable. Yeah. Right. Actions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so I told the rookie, I said, listen, get your cuffs and put them on him. And it was, listen, it was freezing out. It was like really a cold, cold night. He was, you know, shaking, nervous. He couldn't get him off. I got my cuffs. I, I just put them on him. I call it out too. I'm detaining one. Yeah. That's so I get him off normal. the scene. Yeah. I put him, I put him towards the vehicle, you know, and then I got him into the vehicle and, you know, I started to just, you know, search his pockets just quick, you know, just to see if he had any weapons or anything on him, everything like that. He was totally fine with it. And then, you know, I, I realized, I said, you know what, this dude's got a satchel on him or a fanny pack. I said, you know, what? I don't want him to have that in the car right now. Let me take it off. But I cuffed him already. I said, let me just take it off. So as I was taking it off of him and I grabbed it, it was like a squishy, like pack, like it didn't have a hard contact to it. Yeah. So when I grabbed it, I wrench. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I open it a little bit more and I'm like, what's this? And he's like, oh, it's a pen. It wound up being a, you know one of those novelty pens that looks like a syringe uh, but but next to that was a thing of drugs okay but did i know it was drugs at the time no i didn't know what it was i didn't know what it was. i didn't test it i didn't do anything so again the guy's just detained he's not under at that point you know what i mean but then the rookie comes over this guy's license is suspended this all right so, oh, listen, so now he's under him. arrest right right he's under <laughs> yeah we'll bring him inside we'll yeah. figure out what's going on the boss is cool with that sounds good so we clean up everything we get the you know we get inside the boss is at the desk. We do our little routine that we have to do. And the boss looks at the rookie officer and goes, okay, this is your arrest. Bring him into the cell room. Bring him into the cell room. We search him. I'm behind him as the assisting officer. The sergeant is right there present during the whole thing. You know, we come out. We get a medical attention. They do uh, SFSTs, DWI stuff on him. Yeah. Clear him off as not being intoxicated, but maybe intoxicated on a narcotic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm just behind the scenes now. And yeah. then I go back in to put him in the cell with the other guy and I find more drugs on the floor. Oh. So I said, all right, you know, boss, we got to do something. So he comes in, let's do a second search. I was out of the room. They did a strip search. They found more narcotics on him. The boss signed off on it that everything was good. They started writing their reports up. They started doing everything like that. And I was just there for whatever he needed me to do. You know, I was yeah. helping him out at the desk. I was, you know, whatever we need to do. And I, I thought everything went well. And then I had to write my supplemental the next day yeah, because yeah. the computer system wasn't working. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, it was a shit so thing. But anyway, the next day I come in and write my supplemental. And I don't think that they realize this, but when I wrote my supplemental, I had a sergeant next to me and then a lieutenant who was helping me write the supplemental report with the video camera footage rolling. The body cam. Right. Yeah. And, okay. and the only way to get that is through a supervisor. We don't have access to that. Yeah. So. Just to throw a little background, too, I've had like two or three off-duty arrests, like good arrests, and I've had other jurisdictions write their reports, and I write my report, and it looks identical. Never had an issue with a report whatsoever. So I wrote my report based on what I saw, yeah. it with a sergeant and lieutenant, yeah. told me it was good to go. Next day, lieutenant's like, yeah, it's good to go. All of a sudden, you know, they find narcotics, I guess, the next day on him that I was unaware about, but it wasn't my arrest. So I was like, hey, it is what it is. 
All of a sudden, man, I call out for COVID because two coworkers I was next to had COVID and I thought I was getting sick and they started coming down on me. You got to get a doctor's note to come back. You know, we think you're lying, this, that, and the third. Then they call me in and tell me you're coming in for an interview. I said, for what? Oh, for this incident. So I didn't know. Maybe it was about the cell room because they found narcotics in there. I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they, they, you were insubordinate. You were derelicted your duty. What? You made an unlawful arrest. You, you didn't search the guy properly. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Then they said, oh, well, your report doesn't match the video. And I'm like, so I get the report. And underneath the report, there's like usually a timestamp of like when it's timed and dated and everything like that. I yeah. didn't timestamp because I knew the boss had to review it and I didn't see it since. Yeah. All of a sudden I look at the report. The format is different. The sentences that were added in that said that I searched the guy outside of the, the vehicle, which I didn't because it's on video. Somebody and altered it, your report. And then so it sounds like it says that to paste I, Microsoft I, Word, I yeah. stuff, put it back. Yeah. Yeah. I said that then it said, oh, you know, I asked for consent to search the fanny pack or such, but it didn't say it in the video. So why would I write that if I was watching the video? Does that make sense? Right. Wow. But yet that's what's being used. And when I kept saying not only to the job. But to outside sources that I wanted to come and investigate that the report's being altered, I'm like, maybe I'm bugging out again. But I know that I I didn't write that because I know how I write my reports. I never had an issue. Long story short, I go into the hearing and they present the, you know, the, the same arrest report or whatever. And then they black out the name. They redact the name because they dropped the charges of the report. My lawyer picks up on it and goes, look at the bottom under your name. And I said, what's this? And it's the sergeant's timestamp. And the date on which he reviewed the report. He's the only one that was able to review the report. And it's logged in on the computer because they tried to call me a liar saying that I couldn't log in. I lied about that, which I actually phoned the company the day before saying I can't log into the computer. I'm having an issue. But the login report shows that the that the sergeant went back into that report numerous times. And that last date was the last day he went back in there. Five days before they interviewed me. And they didn't show me the report with the timestamp. They showed me the report without the timestamp. So they showed you like a draft version or whatever, like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's it, yeah, the completed has the timestamp date. We right. have we our system does the same thing where as soon right. as you shoot it off, bam, it's stamped. Because they knew that the last time I saw that report, I didn't have a timestamp on. No shit. And they forgot about. It. No. Got shit. the report, put it in, and I go, "What's this?" Uh, uh, nobody could know. All every all everybody's mouth shut. They didn't know what to say. Wow, bro, it's. You're being targeted again. We haven't, you and I haven't spoken at all about this. This mm-hmm. is the first time I'm hearing any of this information. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as a reasonable person sometimes, but everything that I'm hearing is you're being targeted. I can imagine it, not to diminish what's going on with you, but I can imagine what's going on to other officers in your department that they aren't speaking up about. Right. And, and that is, that is an issue. And that's, that's one of the main reasons why, I didn't resign and let this thing go because they're going through things. And I know they are because I, I I know, I just know they are. And it's very disheartening because there's good guys there that are really trying to do the right thing. And are really, literally one of them already has been told you're the next Anthony because they're going after him. Oh my God, man. You know, and it, and it, you know, and, and just to, just to put you in perspective of what you're dealing with here, besides the administration, because I mean, I could talk for days, but my chief of police, my chief of police lost his weapon. 
his gun, his his off-duty weapon was not in a safe zone and was taken by his son, an unauthorized user, was gone for weeks to months at a time. He did not report it to command because we knew nothing about it until there was a domestic at his house, which they turned into a medical. And then they found the gun in the nearby jurisdiction in a vehicle. Hmm. Okay. The town supervisor wouldn't speak a word about it to anyone, said that his punishment was harsh. This ne- He was never suspended. He never had his idea shield taken away. He never had his weapons taken away. He was never modified. His pay never went away, anything like that, which, you know what? I don't mind his pay not being away, whatever it is. But nothing came down on it. He didn't even go through remedial training on anything. Wow. And they wouldn't let it out until finally I foiled for it, and they finally gave it to me. He got seven vacation days taken away from him. That's it. Losing That's, a weapon. Dude, fucking guys have been fired for losing a weapon, you know, or, or, su- or suspended for I, The most I've heard is someone getting suspended for six months uh, dude, for losing a weapon. This, but, it, oh, my God. If it walks like a duck, if yeah. it talks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Yeah. All I'm seeing here is corruption. Yeah. From everything this guy is telling us, yeah. all I'm seeing is corruption. Yeah. And people being targeted unnecessarily, yeah. unfairly, because of this good old boys network fucking bullshit. Yeah. Anthony, wow. you got we got about a minute and a half before we got to let go. So you got tens of thousands of people that listen to us. You got about a minute and a half to tell them whatever you want to tell them. Go for it. I just want to tell them to speak up. I mean, you got to speak up. The, the corruption is real. I know what you're going through. Listen, everyone at my job pretty much ghosted me. I'm alone. Guys, I thought were my friends and family, they ghosted me. But I'm not done, and I'm going to keep fighting because that's what needs to happen. And anyone in Westchester County that wants to reach out to me, reach out to me. Email me. Call me. Talk to me. I will meet you. It's already happened with a couple of others. I will meet you. Yeah, You're man. not alone. Wow. You know, this is a brotherhood, and we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice by letting all this fuckery going on. That, that's why I, I've always said it takes us boots on the ground to do this. Yeah. Because we're the only ones who are able to yeah. do it. Anthony, thanks so much for coming on, man. Stick around for a couple minutes so we can talk after the show, okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Iman. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? I figured I'd get you nice, your blood pressure nice enough, but hey, fucking talk about corruption. Jesus Christ, man. Guys, listen, just like Anthony said, we gotta, and, and Iman said, we gotta stick together with a lot of this shit. There's stuff that's gonna happen everywhere, right? But we need to take control of it. We have an obligation to the public. Yep. We have an obligation to each other as police officers. Yep. And we have an obligation to guys like Anthony who've been fucked over for no reason. Yeah. It's bullshit, man. It is. Well, we want to say thank you to all of our tens of thousands of listeners, our supporters. We have AAA Police Supply. Don't forget to go AAAPoliceSupply.com and enter the code Project Sapient. You get 20% off. want to say thank you to our supporters, DCD Automotive, the Bach Group. They're massive. Vector Shields, Gym Junkies, Havoc Journal, our partners at the weekly Havoc Podcast, Second Mission, Live Boston 617, Wellness for Warriors, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, Gun Track, Hule Law, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, and Joint Operations. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient.